Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to the Husker CuzCast Sports Show. Now, here's Justin Fielder, Derek Stafford, and Tyler Schaefer. Hello and welcome to the Husker CuzCast Sports Show. This is a Herd at Sports podcast. Justin here along with the cousins Derek and Tyler. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Husker CuzCast for all podcast updates and more. This is our Maryland preview. Maryland uh, is coming to Lincoln with a 5-4 and four record, 2-4 and four in Big Ten, riding a four-game losing streak with losses to Penn State, Northwestern, Illinois, and Ohio State. Maryland is two-and-a-half-point favorites in this game with the over-under at 44-and-a-half. Guys, we suffer our first Peacock game here. This game's on Peacock. Tyler, what do you think of this uh, game on Peacock? Well, I will be in attendance, so it doesn't really bother me. So, uh, yeah, don't have to worry about getting a subscription to cancel it. Uh, But, yeah, welcome to 2023 and beyond in college football, boys. It's going to be a lot of streaming services in our future. No kidding. Derek, what about you? You got your Peacock all loaded? Not yet. I'll get it. I don't know what people are. So many people are complaining about. It's going to cost you six dollars to watch this game. I can remember back in the day when it used to cost you sixty dollars to watch a pay per view game. I think one of the most inconvenient things about streaming the game is, let's say, if it's during a commercial or at the end of the first quarter, it's not really easy just to flip over to the other game. Right? You have to have another TV set up in the living room. Uh, that's. You turn the TV during the game. Yes, sometimes I might want to check out a score or something, depending on the game. I damn sure won't I just, with Peacock. I just look at my, I just look at my phone. I never switched game. Eh. I don't know. All right. What about Tyler? What did, do you ever flip the uh, channel during a game? I mean, no, I I don't. But I would say this is a good game to do it with Penn State and Michigan on at the same time. So oh, if there was a time call. to do it, that that might be a game to flip it. But yeah, no, that that's two TV situation. Yeah, well, certainly. But I'm just... I mean... It's inconvenient to stream games. You know, it, it really is. So Tyler, how are you feeling about this game coming in based off of last week? Well, I mean, obviously I would have felt better coming off of a victory last week. Um, but, you know, what... The, the the gifts of the Big Ten this year 
when I feel a little bit worse about Nebraska, our opponents make me feel a little bit better because as bad a weekend as we had last Saturday, I think Penn State may have had a worse weekend. Uh, getting absolutely throttled at home against Penn State. Like, I mean, th- that was a very embarrassing effort. Derek? Yeah, I, I, I don't know what to think anymore. So, I... I I like to believe Nebraska's going to come out in this game and actually look decent, right? <laughs> like, well, they they had a bad game. The defense did not play as good as they normally do, and I, I think they'll come out and fix some things, but I don't know what to think of this game. It's Statistically, it doesn't match up real great for us. Well, and I, I just well before we get into that, I, I just I think that a lot of Husker fans, and, and I think maybe you two fall in the same category, they look at that Michigan State game, and they're like, I can't believe we lost to them. They hadn't won a game all year. And I think people just need to get over this thought of that, like, Michigan State was this, the worst team in the Big Ten. No one had a shot. Like, I'm not saying Michigan State is good. But the Big Ten, Jeffrey the Greek sends out, you know, a, a power poll every week. And, and one thing he does is he does it by tiers. And I think the thing to think about is, like, there are, like, nine teams in the Big Ten, and Nebraska's in that bunch that are all basically the same team. Like, they're, they're, I mean, if, if you want to say Michigan State is worse than Maryland, I, I'm not going to argue you, but, like, you're measuring with a ruler, not a tape measure. Like, it is not some massive gap Michigan State is to the rest of the conference. And, again, I pointed this out going into the game. It was an 11 a.m. kickoff when we were probably getting away with some mistakes that we hadn't really paid for. And when you get away with that kind of stuff and you're not a very good team yet, you know, it kind of bites in the ass eventually. And that was our game. And I think we we got the, the bite. I think the defense will come out fired up. Like Derek said, they didn't have their best game. I sure as hell think they're going to come out fired up in this game at home. So, yeah, I mean, I, I don't, I'm not beaming with confidence, but I'm also not shook. Right. Are you shook, Justin? Yeah, I, I got a yeah. I'm a little bit shook after last game. Just seeing the ineptitude on offense, and just you know the end zone is right there, and you can't punch it in. Uh, turnovers, turnovers. They they've been an issue all year. They're going to continue being an an issue. So it is what it is. Overcoming the turnovers. That's what we have to deal with at this point, right? Because they're not going to stop. They're not going to clean it up. As much as the coaches and players want to say that's their focus, every week we've been hearing that. For nine straight weeks, we've been hearing that's their focus. It doesn't get cleaned up. It doesn't matter who's quarterback. They're turning the ball over. It doesn't matter whatever. We are who we are. Uh, but let's, over- let's, let's face it, Tyler. We're nine games in. Justin's ready to fire coaches. Probably the head coach at that. No. Certainly not the head coach. No, <laughs> there's there's hardly any coaches that I want to see fired. Maybe maybe that's, that's your trend. Usually, about nine yeah. games in, we're ready to fire everybody. Well, no, that's not true. true. That's not true at all. <laughs> You're warming to the idea. No, no, not not a, not one bit. No, I think Matt Rule's doing a great job. The turnovers. That's what I'm talking about. I don't believe that Matt Rule is telling these is coaching these players to turn the ball over. Not for no. one clue. No, no, no of course bit. they're not. Yeah, I mean it, it's a matter of either there, there's something going on that they're not prepping well for it, or like it, 
or they're just they're not the players just aren't capable of not turning it over. And I, I think it's probably the latter. And I think when you look at that quarterback room where most of the turnovers happen, there's a lot being asked for Harbaugh. And uh and I it just it's tough. Well, if you listen to Matt Rule, you know, he spoke yesterday. I mean, you listening to Matt Rule, uh Harburg is his guy. He's coaching him for later on down the road, not just this year. He's coaching him hard. He's prepping him to be a starter at Nebraska for the next couple of years. When you hear him say things like that, that is his guy. And we thought that Jeff Sims was his guy, the way that he was brought in. And, you know, he got a second start after that first uh, game one disaster. He turned over to Harburg. Harburg is his guy moving forward. Every, every game that Harburg struggles, they asked Matt Rule, did you, con- did you consider putting in another head, uh, another quarterback? No, they're not. They're not doing it. Uh, they're not talking about it. You're not seeing anybody. Uh, now, that's a, probably a different conversation is whether we should see somebody, whether it's Purdy or give Sims his third chance, I guess. Uh, I mean, that's a different conversation, but Matt Rule loves Harburg, and he thinks he's coachable, and he thinks he's going to be a star. So... I feel that moving down the road headed into 24 and 25. But this week against Maryland, of course I'm scared about this game and the offense. I I, I don't know. I, I just don't know what they can do. We don't score a lot of points the way it is. Maryland, they do score a lot of points. Uh, shoot. They've had, uh, they've only had two games under 24 points this year. And that was against Ohio State and Penn State. Two really good teams with really good defenses. Uh, what, Nebraska's scored like uh, over 30 points twice this year? But, anywho, uh, probably eating into some key stats here. Derek, give us the key stats. Alright, so what I, what I tried to do this game is a little different, but I really broke down what Maryland stats were when they were winning and what they are when they're losing. And uh, when they're losing, they're only scoring 20, almost 21 points a game, as opposed to 38 and a half points a game when they're winning. It's a big difference. They're getting 454 total yards a game compared to 326. And most of it's passing. They're not a great running team. Defensively, when they're winning... They're only giving up 13.2 points a game. As opposed to when they're losing, they're giving up 37 points a game. Again, big difference. Yeah, but look at so look I, at those two lo- two of those losses. I mean, we are looking at okay. Penn State and Ohio State. Yeah, but you're also talking about Illinois scored 27 points on them and Northwestern scored 33 on them. I mean, it's still not good. Uh, here, here's one of the biggest differences, though, and this is where this is what scares me: is when they're losing, they're minus eight in turnover margin, and when they're winning, they're plus nine. Now, the big difference is in their last four games that they've lost, they've only had one takeaway on defense. They had twelve takeaways in their first five games. So. I mean, we're giving the ball away. Can they take advantage of it, I guess? I suspect they get more than one uh, on Saturday. 
They all, they all they have some great receivers. Uh, they got three wide receivers with over 450 yards, and all of those guys have four or more touchdowns. They have a tight end with 361 yards rushing with a touchdown. A running back that also has 231 yards uh, passing or receiving, sorry. All those are receiving yards. In fact, they have six players on their team. Six. that have 20 receptions or more. And nine guys have touchdowns. To include, and this is the only guy I'm going to mention in this because I, I don't know who he is and I don't know why he was labeled this way. But according to CFB stats, Sean Greeley, a linebacker, has two receiving touchdowns. Really? Yes. Okay. So I found that interesting, but... Tyler, I'll let, Ty- I'll let Tyler take a few over yeah. there. Well, yeah, I mean, I, so I think one thing with this, uh, I mean, you, you talk about some of the big stats here. I, I think I would point to, I love the way you broke it down. I, I also kind of looked at some of the 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 games, uh, win and losses, that, so it's interesting we're on the same page there. I mean, when you look at that, I would say probably at a high level, things that this team does very, very well, they convert. Right now, they are second in the Big Ten on third down and third on fourth down. So when they're in the position, they convert on those critical downs. They are obviously a high passing attack. They're second in the Big Ten in passing yards, and Tagovailoa is first in the Big Ten in passing yards. Where they struggle is when it comes to pass defense. And that this is their biggest weakness that I can identify from an overall trend on the season is pass defense. But the the problem is you can't even grade Northwestern on a season. And Derek, you hit on that, but you have to look at, this is November, Maryland. Maryland has not won a game in the Big Ten on the road outside of Rutgers and outside of COVID since 2014. That's impressive there. That's a hell of a stat there. I had to keep going back. I It was like, when are they going to win a game on the road? Oh, they just <laughs> don't do it. It's not a Loxley thing. This has been Maryland's MO. And a lot of that probably comes down to Maryland's identity for many years has been this passing team. And they're what they're also known for is weak in the trenches. And this offensive line isn't great. They haven't given up as many sacks as in previous years. But this is far from a good offensive line. You saw Penn State last week get after them. Uh... And again, this is an opportunity for Nebraska to come in and take advantage because we know where we are in stats. We're still second in the Big Ten in sacks. We've been able to get after quarterbacks all season. But yeah, last week, Penn State went ahead and did exactly what Penn State does and got right after them again. So, I mean, it it is a little bit misleading when you look at stats when you're talking about on the road, November, Maryland football. Yeah, so you said Penn State, they got six sacks on uh, Maryland. Northwestern, the game before, also had six sacks against uh, Maryland. So uh, then before that, Illinois had three. So, you know, 15 sacks allowed in the last three games. That's not great. And it goes along with their losing streak too, right? And they've, they've had 20 all year. So this isn't a team that, like, until recently... They they have and you I mean we talked about this a little bit last week with Michigan State like where's their head at like is this a situation where the ball is starting to roll a little bit quicker because 
Each performance, you go back to the beginning of the losing streak. Ohio State, that was a game in the fourth quarter. Then all of a sudden, Illinois. Illinois comes in. Okay, it's really competitive. It ends up being a uh, three-point game. Okay, Northwestern. Oh, now it's a six-point. And then last week, the ass-kicking of all ass-kickings, Penn State and Maryland. Like, I, and I thought that'd be a game. At home, they would write the ship. And they didn't show up. So things seem to be getting incrementally worse for this team. So one of the more uh, remarkable stats that you'll see in a football season is last week against Penn State, uh, Maryland ran the ball 16 times for negative 51 yards. Uh, Penn State had uh, 12 tackles for loss during that game. 12 uh, for 63 yards. <laughs> well, so, so Justin... Can just to double click on that, like so. A lot of times, you see those really bad negative stats. You're like, "Oh, there must have been a ton of sacks." And we've already highlighted, yeah, there are, there were a lot of sacks. But and and that granted, uh, they didn't try to run the ball against Penn State. They pretty much abandoned it uh, right off the bat. But of the eight carries given by running backs and other players, they had one yard rushing. That's I mean, crazy. like, I mean, they didn't try to run it, but they had no success when they did give it to a back. Yeah, they're they're not a running team by no means. I mean, nobody will ever confuse them with a running team. But, I mean, every other game they've had at least 93 yards rushing. Every single game this year. Uh, primarily they do it through the air. I mean, they're getting tons of yards through the air, but not rushing. So, yeah. That something was off in that Penn State game. I, I watched uh, some of the extended highlights of it tonight, and <laughs> Maryland did not look like themselves at all. But they did throw the ball well. They do have some playmakers uh, at the uh, at the receiver position, as Derek already alluded to. Derek, I know you're dying to get in here. Give us some other stats that you want to discuss. All right, here, here's one more that I'll give you that does not really. Uh, fit Nebraska very well. In their wins, they're giving up 140 yards rushing defensively. And their losses, only 112 and a half. So even if you're getting your rushing yards on them, <laughs> does doesn't really fare well with them. Like you're gonna have to be able to pass the ball on these guys, I think. Uh God, I, I think we uh kind of Blew our load a little bit here as we move on to the keys to victory with Maryland. Uh, Tyler, what do you have here? Well, I, I think this is a game where for Nebraska to win, we, we've got to be able to stop the run. And I know Derek just said, that, I mean, we talked about this. They don't run the ball great. But I think holding them under 50 yards and forcing them to be truly one-dimensional on the road, and not so much that they can't pass, but to let that pass rush get after them. And put them in that position and keep going with the trend and hold them in that position. On offense, I mean, it's a broken record to say stop turning the football over. So I don't even want to hit that because that is obviously the key to victory. But I think it is trying to find something in the passing game. I mean, this is a team where you can get something going. And part of the reason I think we've struggled to run the ball a little bit is because teams don't fear a pass. And Did so you just jump be- to keys to victory for Nebraska? I thought you said keys to the game. Well, keys to victory for Maryland, but oh, oh well, 
I thought you said Nebraska. I apologize. The, the keys to victory for Maryland. Sorry. Well, let's just do Nebraska first. Since yeah, I let's all get that. it out of the way. Yeah. Uh, the keys to victory for Nebraska would be, obviously, I think you got to get the pass going a little bit more. Hold the hold them. Don't let them get any success running the ball, and then flip the script and get some passing yards. I think that would be a great way for us to get some victory. Derek. All right. So for Nebraska to win this game, uh, I don't know. I, it's I, the offense is going to turn the ball over. We already know it. It's just a given. So I, I think the keys are the defense is going to have to bump and make some plays. They're going to have to probably come away with some turnovers, some takeaways themselves. Uh, you're going to have to be able to establish a run. I, t- Tyler, I, I know you want to be able to get the pass going, and maybe that's a way to establish a run, but it, it's going to have to be establishing a run and trying to limit the turnovers. Uh, but it's going to have, it's really going to have to come down to the defense and special teams. Like Buscini's got to be able to flip the field a time or two in this game. It can't be these 38 yard punts that he had last week. Like he's got to be able to flip the field for us. One thing that, uh, as I was looking back through the stats, you know, the quarterbacks have had a little bit of luck running against Maryland. Uh, Penn State, through four attempts, had 39 yards. Uh, Drew Aller had that. Northwestern, 14 uh, rushing attempts with the quarterback for 56 yards. Charlotte, 16. Uh, attempts for 67 yards and even Towson lowly Towson FCS 10 attempts by the quarterback for 41 yards Uh, Heinrich Harburg is going to be the best running quarterback that they've seen all year best by far you know as long as he can you know uh, be able to throw deep you know chunk it down the field to keep that defense mildly honest I guess I think he's going to have some big lanes to run. I think he can get uh, pull off at least two big runs against Maryland. Uh, I'll save a bold prediction for later, but uh, it's all centered around Harburg running the ball, and I think he can do it in this game. Uh, Tyler, moving on to the key stats for Maryland this time. Well, I, I would, I would say the key, keys to victory. the key victory. <laughs> Yeah, I, I would say Maryland needs to do what Maryland has done successfully. Nebraska's weakness on defense is passing the ball. I think if they can get up and pull a little bit of the script from Michigan State with through the air, attack us early, put us in a deficit where we're not passing to set up the run, we're passing to come back in the game, that's a position Nebraska doesn't want to be in. So I think they, they need to play what Maryland football is, and that is exploiting our weakness on defense and that's our secondary um which is not a huge weakness but i you guys know i mean get the point i I just pass the ball i think doing what maryland does derek i I tend to agree with you there uh tagavaloa's got 65 percent passing 2486 yards passing 21 touchdowns to seven interceptions so I, he's going to have to continue to not try and turn the ball over. Uh, keep passing. Like, they're, they're not going to run the ball well on us. I, I imagine they'll abandon the run like they did against Penn State. And they're going to try and exploit these defensive backs the way Michigan State did last week. And if they, and if they can do it, it'll be, t- it'll be tough for Nebraska to keep up because 
we can't score 30 points to beat them. No, we're not that that will not happen. So yeah, I mean if they if they do the script against Maryland and the thing about them is they're definitely better at wide receiver than Michigan State was. Michigan State was banged up and weaker to start, not that they don't have athletes, but I mean they definitely have the weapons to do. It. I mean th- this is this is a boat up week for the defense, especially in that secondary. Th- this is a game where hey, we've given you all your flowers all year. Th- this this is your moment right here. Is there a passing yardage allowed that uh, Nebraska needs to hold Maryland under to give you like promise or hope? I So again, I think we're going to hold them under 50 yards rushing. Uh, tip of my hand there. I, I know I said that was a key to victory. I think we're going to do that. So, I mean, I just think, okay, well, if, if I think Nebraska's offense can go for 350 rush, a total offense, which might be a tight title, but let's say 350. If I'm doing that math, that means keeping them under 300 for a stout gain them. So I, I, I would say somewhere in that 250, 275, if we're in that range, I, I think we that that's probably the comfort zone. I mean, yeah, so I guess that'd be my answer. Derek, what do you think? All right, well, I'm going kind of, to continue the theme and go to their wins versus losses here. And their wins are getting 297 yards a game passing. So you give up that kind of yards to them, we're probably losing this game. And their losses are only getting 260 yards passing. I, I think you got to keep them to that 260 or under. Who's who's a better passing attack, Colorado or is Maryland? Colorado had 396 yards passing. Uh, hell, even Louisiana Tech, 292 yards passing against us. Illinois two eighty nine. Where does Maryland fall in that? Well, I, I would say they're better than Illinois and Louisiana Tech. I don't think they're Colorado good, um, especially when we played Colorado. I mean, Sanders and that wide receiver crew had things going at that point in the year, especially. And they, I mean, obviously that. So I think Colorado is a better passing attack. I think Sanders is a little bit better quarterback. Um, I think their wide receivers are a little bit better. I, I mean, all around, I think they're just a better passing attack. So second best passing attack is what you would say? Yeah, I mean, J.J. is kind of an interesting little wrinkle where he fits in that. I mean, I think everyone would say that J.J. is a better all-around quarterback. They uh, just didn't need to throw against Nebraska. They didn't need to throw against us. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. So, I, I mean... Derek? Yeah, I mean, I, I agree with what Tyler said. It's hard to say they're better than what Colorado at least was when we played them. Uh, right now, I would say they're a better passing team than, than Colorado. And Michigan's just, uh, it's kind of null and void. It's like you guys said, they just didn't need to pass against us. Yeah. But. Okay. Uh Bold predictions time. Well, do you guys have anything else to offer on keys to victory for either team? Anything that stands out? No? All right. No, no, nothing majorly obvious, no. All right, let's move to bold predictions. Uh, Tyler. Yeah, so I, I think one of the things I want to see Nebraska do, I, I said I want to see them establish the pass to set up the run. And Justin, I know you're big on Harburg running this game, but I want to see them get the ball in the air a little bit to pack them off to give it to these running backs. 
So my bold prediction is I think we do that. I think we give the running backs the ball. I think we have running back rushing yards over 150 for the game, uh, which I think if I did my math right, would be the second highest all year from the running back room. Uh, So I I think we're going to have a good day running the ball with the running backs and lean heavily on them as the game goes on. I don't want to derail bold predictions too much here, but what do you think about flakes at running backs, what you've seen recently? I think he is a really good weapon, and I don't mind him being in that running back because I think he gives you some interesting formations and his ability to stretch at like a swing pass and be able to motion out is something that defenses have to account for. Um you know, if, if the previous staff was here, I'd probably like that a little bit more, like the way they use Ramir Johnson at times. I think Fleeks could be that type of guy. Uh, with that said, Anthony Grant, Emmett Johnson, th- those those are the two guys that should get the carries. I mean, I find it interesting that on the depth chart, all three of those guys have an or between them. Well, last week, Emmett Johnson didn't start. Yeah. It's crazy, uh, and they don't. It's just mind-boggling. I, I, I cannot figure out who they figure out starts and when and where and why. Yeah. Do you think it's as simple as if, if like one of those guys fumble in practice? Do you think they just drop in the depth chart? Is it that simple? Nobody sees practice. Who knows? I mean, there has to be something because it's obviously not based on the previous game performance. No, definitely not. Because guys that you think are like, wow, he had a really good game. Then the next game, he gets like six snaps. <laughs> uh, Derek, what do you think about Flakes so far? I, I kind of like him. He's not he's your quick, every, he's not going to be, he, he is. And he's not going to be your every down back, but he's a good weapon to throw back there just for here and there. Like, so what's his carry count, right? If, if you're the coach of Nebraska, Derek, how many carries do you give Flakes this week? Three, just three, probably. I, I'm not. I'm not going to give him ten carries. I mean, yeah, I, I was thinking five to eight, five to eight range. I think he needs to what? see the ball. Okay, so so you say that, Justin. I just want to back into that math a little bit. Then, so the, what do you give the other two running backs? Uh, Grant probably seven to ten, and then Emmett Johnson probably ten to fifteen. See, I, I think those those two need to be higher. I think Grant and Johnson need to combine. You also have to realize carries. Harburg's going to run it at least 15 to 20 times. Sure, sure. But, okay, I mean, I'm thinking, okay, we were on the run the ball 50 times. I mean, I, I want to see 30 carries out of them, 15 out of Harburg, and give Fleeks five, I guess. I like Derek's three. I mean, just a couple yeah, to keep him honest when he's in there. I don't even mind seeing Fleeks make a couple catches out of the backfield. Sure. I'm not saying you don't take it, put him on the field. I think he's he's clearly a guy you have on the field in third downs. He's a weapon. He is he's so quick, yeah, I, shifty. I, I, I mean, he deserves more touches than he, he deserves more than three touches. And, and catches. Catches is how I mean swing passes are an extension of the run game. Sure. And I mean, we, we ha- I, I know there's been a lot of hype about how Malachi Coleman has been blocking. Is this a hot take that I would prefer to see Fleeks get more touches than Anthony Grant? <laughs> you baffled him. 
Hit the reset I, button, Derek. He's fucked. <laughs> well, I, 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 I mean, I think it's a, I think Anthony Grant's a better runner. Uh, I, I, I mean, I think that he is a better, better running back. Um, I'll, I'll agree with you, but one thing I'll say is Josh Fleeks is better at doing what Anthony Grant tries to do. Anthony Grant's a better runner, but he tries to get too shifty. And he's not that shifty. And Josh Fleeks is very shifty. He is. He is very shifty. Um, Yeah, he might be more shifty. I I, I just, I think if Anthony Grant, he always tries to hit the home run. Um, That's probably to his detriment. That's why I think Emma Johnson's the guy. Um, But I still think pound for pound. Like, if I'm like, hey, who has a better shot? I'd rather see. I, I disagree with you. I don't know if it's a hot take. Uh, but I just disagree with you. I, I want to see it. I tend to think touches. that there's a lot of Husker fans that agree with that statement. I think Anthony Grant, he has not had a great year, and I think there's some people that are souring on him. I, That's fair, but it's hard. How many games has he had 10-plus carries? I'd have to look. I, I don't know off the top of my head. Is it, is it, I mean, is it one? I think. I think it's one. Maybe game this year? year yeah i mean so it, it's it's one of those things where like it's yeah has his year been what anyone expected no but has he been given an opportunity to really do much um i, mean, I used to I would look argue... at his game log if you if you're pulling up his game log to see what his uh, uh average yards per carry are I, I i would not think that it's very impressive i think it's like 4.2 um I think it is four point two. I mean, I mean, yeah, he, he's had two games this year over ten carries. Louisiana Tech and Illinois. Now, both of those games, he had twenty carries. Um, but yeah, I mean, uh, and in Big Ten play, he has not thrived. He has not averaged four yards of rushing in any of the Big Ten games. So, I mean, it hasn't been. I mean, underwhelming. But again, I think it's hard when you're giving a guy six carries a game to really say he is not producing. It's kind of like saying Malachi Coleman is not producing throwing the ball. I mean, catching the ball. I mean, there's only so much you can do when you're not given as much opportunity. I mean, you need that chances. I mean, Malachi Coleman's a true freshman and Anthony Grant's 24 years old. Well, I'm not buying. St- I mean, are, are you asking me to buy stock in guys? Like, I mean, that's what we do here. We buy and sell stock. Um, I, I, I think Anthony Grant's got another big game in him, and maybe it's this Saturday. I, I get feed the running backs. That's what I my predict, bold prediction. 150 yards combined for the running backs. All right, Derek, your bold prediction for the game. My bold prediction for this game is defense takes over this game. And comes away with three takeaways. Three Love takeaways. It. Interceptions. Does that does, does that put us even or better in the <laughs> turnover differential? <laughs> I would say I would say, <laughs> I would say I would I would say probably even. So you think it's going to be a slot fest? Hasn't every a single game Nebraska's played in on offense is a <laughs> slot fest? There's degrees. I just think this defense is pissed off after last week, and they're going to come out 
and do everything they can to try and take this ball away. What's the most takeaways that they've had a, a game this year? I, I'd have to look that up. I, I would know. Would it would it be Purdue the game that uh, Tommy Hill had two interceptions? Could be. I'll tell I'll tell you here in about just a few seconds if you guys want to talk. Well, I I would say this, Derek. I I agree with you that defense is going to be pissed off, and you and you go back to how they ended that game. I mean, the end of that game, I and I I know I have this pulled up from Michigan State, but like I, the end of the game was four straight three and outs. Like at the end of the game when they need to make stops, damn it, they made the stops. Um. It just they had there's a little bit of leakage in the first three quarters, and I I think that there there's gonna be no leakage. I think they're gonna do their best to completely shut them down. So they had three takeaways from Purdue, and that was the only other game they had more than one was against Illinois. Okay, with two. It doesn't happen too often. I mean, Tony <laughs> Tony White will say that they need to get better at. Uh, Getting takeaways. And we've had two games with zero takeaways, and that was Michigan and Michigan State. Everybody else, we've had one takeaway. All right. Well, I hope if if yours comes to fruition, then I think we win this game quite easily. You know what? I'll never say easily. Never again this year, I will say quite easily. (laughs) Learned my lesson last week. But I think we escaped with a win. So... I already tipped my uh, hand here. I think my bold prediction is Harburg with 100 yards rushing. I think uh, this game sets up nice. Uh, Maryland's allowed some rushing yards against lesser quarterbacks running the ball. And let's be real, guys. He's not a passing threat. Uh, Even though Maryland has given up a lot of yards passing, they don't have to worry. (laughs) This game will get their their passing defense. Drop those numbers a little bit. I got to ask you guys, what? How many yards passing do you, would you do? You see that Nebraska could get in this game? Hundred fifty. Hundred fifty. Okay. I was gonna say over under at one fifty. Tyler, if you're gonna set the line at over under one fifty, I'm gonna go over. Um, so yeah, I'd say over on that. Uh, I mean, I I would say, I'd say I would say we could push two hundred. We can push two hundred yards passing. I mean, they've given up two hundred thirty-two yards passing a game, and I mean, I know Arberg has struggled in this department. Um, I just think th- this is a team that's ripe for the taking. There, uh, I don't know if Derek, if you have that handily, but what did he throw against Purdue? I can tell you here in just a second. I mean, he's and I use I I use Purdue as an example because they're they're the closest team in pass defense in the Big Ten. You're not gonna like it, but it's not. I'm not gonna like it. 122 yards. So the only game we had 199 against Michigan. That was closest to 200 we've been. So maybe this is a good question to ask. How long is Harburg's lease right now? I mean. If not, not what you think is going to happen. I think we're all probably after listening to the rule. I mean, I shy of him getting injured. I just don't see him pulling him. If you're the coach, is his leash the game? Does he get this whole game? Is there a certain scenario where he's struck? Because it seems like he's regressing. Like 
it doesn't, I mean, it seems like every game he's kind of played a little bit worse. And I do think it's capable for him to shift it this week, but I don't know. What, how long is his leash if he if you're the coach, Derek? It's the longest leash that you've seen a quarterback have. <laughs> if wow. you're the coach, I mean, how far are we going back? Because Adrian Martinez, Adrian had Martinez had a hell of a leash, but in Adrian Martinez' defense, once we saw the backups, we knew why that leash was so long. <laughs> That's but we've, we've seen Jeff Sims. Yep. And so, so you're, you're not good co- enough to get on and, the field at this point. And and, and that is why that, that is why Harburg's leash, he, he really doesn't even have a leash, I don't think. Like they're just gonna let him go. Okay. But is that is that what because, you would do? I no, I I would probably at this point give Purdy a chance, but at least see what he can do. He, he's I mean, the biggest son. He was be- Well, he was supposed to be the backup to Sims, right? So he impressed you at some point. He's healthy now. We know Harburg can't possibly be healthy. I mean, you're talking about him regressing, but this guy cannot be 100% at this point. As many hits as he's taken. No. He slid last week. He yeah, said he, he was never. He said he was never going to slide. <laughs> hey. He started those, sliding. Those Big Ten defenses, they hit different than like little pussy Colorado, <laughs> you know? I mean, or not, I mean, not, not Colorado, but, you know, Louisiana Tech and Northern Illinois. Northern Illinois. I, I just I think that if you're Matt Rule, if Harvard has a game like he did against Michigan State, you have to consider going into the fourth quarter, switching it up. Like, I I understand he wants to prepare for the future, but let's be adults. We need to bring in a transfer quarterback. We know that. Maybe Harvard can still be be the guy. I'm not saying his he has no shot. And and I don't think Harburg's going to struggle like that again. But if he does, like, you can't leave bullets in the chamber in this game, which I don't want to say is our easiest remaining game, but, like... <laughs> we do this every week, and every game is the easiest game <laughs> remaining. Because it probably is. The games just keep it getting is. tougher. We go to Camp Randall. And while I will say that I don't know if Wisconsin's a better team than... Maryland, I will say it's a tougher game because it's at Camp Randall. I think Iowa's the easiest game left on our schedule right now. But it, it's, it's again, it's measuring with the ruler. <laughs> oh, my God. For the listeners out there, the look that Tyler, that Derek gave Tyler. Oh, my God. I'm not saying Iowa's an easy game. I mean, they're the worst offense we're going to face. You're right. We're the, they're the worst offense in Power 5 football. <laughs> they're the worst offense in Iowa. The whole state of Iowa. Place ahead of them. They're okay? seven. They're seven. They're seven and two. Like, I know they don't look good doing it, but they do what they do every year. I, I I'm not saying I was easy. I this don't want this to come a, up an anomaly on Iowa. This is how they no, play I, football. I, I understand. <laughs> I I just this is this more is of, this is the Kirk Ferentz blueprint. I mean, th- this is more a hey. I think. All these teams are about equal. I, it, it, it's. I don't think this is a must win. I just point. I guess my point is, is you don't want to go into the next two games and blow it because of a quarterback's having a really bad game. I, I don't think you can. I would not want to do that. I will. I will tell you this. My boss came and talked to me today about some Husker football, and his prediction was that we were going to go bowling. 
But we weren't going to win another game till Iowa. Not crazy. Not crazy. All right. So yeah, I, I I remember getting called out on Twitter one time because I said we lose to Colorado and beat Iowa. Well, now we might need that. <laughs> we might need that to happen. All right, let's get on to score predictions. Uh, Derek, your score prediction. All right, I, this again. I think this is a sloppy game. I, I, I think Nebraska's still going to struggle to score offensively, uh, but defensively, I think we're going to be okay. Uh, and I think we'll shut them down for the most part, but they're still going to score some points. I'm going to go with Nebraska 17 and Maryland 14. Oh, victory for the Huskers. Wow, Tyler. I, I, I'm right with you on the, the thought process, Derek. I, I'm a little bit higher on the score, but I got Nebraska 20, Maryland 17. All right, so I am the odd man out here because I just don't see this game uh, like you guys do. I, I think Nebraska keeps it close, but I think Maryland will win 24-17. to 17. Guys, our offense, we just cannot score enough points to keep up with Maryland. Maryland doesn't need to score a lot of points. They don't need to because our offense cannot score a lot of points. The turnovers are going to be an issue, as we've all acknowledged. This offense from Maryland, they're going to take advantage of those turnovers and turn them into points. So, Justin, I, I just want you to learn from your cousin here. Earlier this year... Oh, my year, God. What can I learn from you, Tyler? Tell me. Please tell me. Earlier this year, you said, hey, Nebraska's going to beat Michigan State by two touchdowns. I said, hey, not so fast, my friend. You also said <laughs> Minnesota... We're going to beat Minnesota. I said, eh, I think Minnesota is going to pull that one out. I was right. Listen to me now. Nebraska's got this, man. Nebraska's got this game. Hey, you know what the difference between those two games are? The refs fucked us in both of those. Yeah, they're not going to fuck us this week, and we're going to win. I will say this, just, just to throw it out there. So far on the season prediction, I am only off on Nebraska's schedule on one game, and that was Illinois. From the beginning? From the beginning. I had us losing the first two, winning the next two, losing to Michigan. I had us losing to Illinois, so I got that one wrong. Had us beating Northwestern, had us beating Purdue, losing to Michigan State, beating Maryland, losing to Wisconsin, and beating Iowa. Listen to Derek, too. We're trying to show you the path. Justin, we're trying to help you. So it's Tyler that goes against Nebraska damn near every week. <laughs> yeah, but I've been right when I go against them. And I've been That's right true. when I pick them. That is true. I, I, I hope I'm wrong. I hope I'm wrong. I just need to see something more out of this offense here. Just got to see something more. And frankly, I just, I'm not buying it. I'm selling stock in this offense. Selling stock. I can't get rid of it quick enough. Not that I, I don't think it, I, I don't think it, this offense. To I don't think anybody's going to buy it from you. No, but, not one but okay. So, but Justin, you, you say you're selling stock in this offense and, and again, why you own anymore, I don't know, but so the, the, the team <laughs> that we're, so if you, if you look at scoring offense, the team that we're most comparable in the big 10 is Northwestern. We average 19.9 points. Northwestern's average is 20.1. Derek highlighted it earlier. Northwestern went 
and scored 33 points against them. Like, I mean, I understand that, you know, what maybe they have a better quarterback. I, I don't know if that's true or not. But it wasn't like they were scoring, you know, big turnovers for interceptions. They kicked a lot of field goals. They shortened the field, and they made the plays. Like, I, when I look at the fact that Northwestern and Illinois beat Maryland, and I know you can't use a transitive property. Like, I know that's not a perfect science. But in the last, they have not won a game since September. Like, that is insane that this is not, this is Maryland. Maryland. Hey, when's the last time that Michigan State won a game? About a week ago. <laughs> About a week ago. Yeah, you're right. But before that, six straight losses. I, I get it. It, it. But that was on the road. I do think the home field does play a part of it. Okay. My record at, my record going to games has been pretty good this year. We will see. We will see. Yeah. So, Okay. Yeah, we are where we are right now. Uh, I hope you guys are right because I damn sure want to see a bowl game because I damn sure want to travel to a bowl game. So, all right, let's move on to the games of the week against the spread. So last week, we all went two and three. Nothing spectacular. We need to avenge ourselves this week, guys. So we got five great games that we're going to be talking about tonight. The first one is probably the best game of the weekend. Not probably. It is the best game of the weekend. Number three, Michigan, minus four and a half at number 10, Penn State. Derek. I got to go with Michigan. Until they prove me wrong, I got to keep going with Michigan. Tyler. I, I think going to Happy Valley, you give me the four and a half points for Penn State. I think they can keep it within a field goal at minimum, if not pull the upset. I'm going to go Penn State. I like this game is tough. I like Michigan here. I don't care about the cheating scandal and stuff. Michigan, they are just demolishing opponents. They're demolishing them. Penn State, they look good against lesser opponents, but they're not really... They're, they're struggling a tad bit against uh, elite opponents. And this is an elite opponent that they'll be facing. So they, they played going. one elite por- per opponent, and it was Ohio State, and they lost by eight. Elite. Elite. It, all they need to do is win by four and a half. I'm taking Michigan here on the road. I'm not, I'm not buying Penn State. I thought I thought I could. Just can't do it. So you're not buying Penn State, the team that just beat the team that you think is going to beat Nebraska by 44 points? No. God I mean, forbid it, the team that you buy, what they would have done to Maryland. <laughs> hey, I, I think that team that, that Penn State beat us will beat us too. Uh, number 18, Utah at number 5, Washington. Washington is nine and a half point favorites, Derek. All right, uh, I, I've been going with Utah, and I'm going I'm to stick with them again. I, I think Washington wins this game, but I, I just don't think they cover the nine and a half. Tyler, yeah, I, I think you're right, Derek. I'm with you on Utah. I, you know, last week one of the 
more fun games of the weekend was that USC Washington game. And a lot was made about how bad USC's defense was. Um, you know, they fired the defensive coordinator. What What's kind of lost is Washington's defense is not much better. I mean, Washington's defense gets shredded. I think Utah can muck this game up enough to keep it close. I think they're a little bit more physical than anyone else in the Pac-10, 12, 14, whatever teams they are anymore. Four. Uh, they're about... <laughs> So I I think Utah is going to cover this spread. Yeah, I just think nine and a half points is too much. I, I think Utah's defense, they are legit. Washington, they are extremely, they are very good. They are a great team. They deserve that number five ranking by far. However, Utah, they are pretty good themselves. And Utah, they, they've been turning on their offense a little bit recently. So I think that they can keep it in with the nine and a half points easily. But who, yeah, Washington who, wins, but Utah covers. Hold on. Who was the top four again? It's uh, Ohio State, Georgia, Michigan, Florida State. Florida State. That's what I thought. I, I think Washington should be number four. I, I, I've been kind of on There's the Florida State bandwagon. I, I've been on the the Florida State bandwagon this year as far as I think they're a really good team. But when you're looking at resume, I mean, you look at what Washington did against Oregon, USC. Like, they, they have much better wins than what Florida State I agree. Has. I mean. Florida State's riding high off beating LSU at the beginning of the season. Yeah. Yeah. You're not wrong. I mean, and the Pac-12 is just a better conference than the ACC. Absolutely. I Hands down, I think I think Washington should be ahead of Florida State right now. Anyway, sorry, go on. All right, uh, next game, number nine, Ole Miss at number two, Georgia. Georgia's ten and a half point favorites. Derek. All right. Every time I go against Georgia, I get ramrodded here, so I'm just gonna I, I gotta stick with Georgia. They seem to be picking it up. They, you know, I I thought Missouri would hold them a little closer than they did, and that kind of got me. Georgia's still up there, and they're still got a good team, and I, I'm just not buying Ole Miss right now. Tyler, yeah, I, Georgia wins this game, but I, I think that's a lot of points to give up to a pretty good Ole Miss team. I mean, Missouri was within nine last week. I mean, we saw uh, earlier this year Auburn play within a touchdown. Georgia, South Carolina played within ten points. Like Georgia's a good team. I think they're good enough to win this game, but I, I just. It's going to be close, but I, I'm going to go Ole Miss can cover. So, Derek, I don't know. So, we record this episode on Tuesday night, so I don't know how that line shifts uh, between Tuesday night and between game time. But Georgia, they are 1-7 against the spread. So, if you've been losing on Georgia this year, granted, I don't think we've picked them very often. Maybe we just picked them that Well, I don't think we lost. have, but... but uh, Ole Miss. Ole Miss is 6-2-1 and one against the spread this year. And 10.5 points is just way too much. Ole Miss has been playing some good football. So I love Ole Miss against Georgia in this game. Ruggers at Iowa. Iowa is 1.5-point uh, favorites. I've seen some that has it down to 1 already. Uh, Derek? Uh, can I just bet the under? What what is the under right now? <laughs> twenty eight and a half, I believe. Last I saw twenty eight and a half. Oh my goodness! If I is... I was eventually going to go over, right? Like they're not going to go under with these lines getting so ridiculously low. I 
They keep winning ten to seven. It seems like I don't know. Uh, yeah. Guys, I like they do it, Vegas is going to keep this line as low as possible. It's going to go down to twenty. It's going to be twenty four by the time they come to Lincoln. It I might be no down doubt. to twenty. It might be down to twenty one by the time they come to Lincoln. <laughs> oh my goodness! What a boring game that would be. Okay, so Derek. Uh, all right, so uh, this is a tough game for me. I I like Rutgers. I do. I think they're a good team. I think they're playing well. And not only do I think they cover the spread, I think they come up with an upset here. Ooh. I like so, it, Derek. So, so I'll take Rutgers. I like it. Um, I think this is a game that it honestly comes down to where the home field is. I think if this game was in Rutgers, I'd be with you. I think the game is in Iowa City. One and a half is essentially a pick 'em game. Um, I, I think Iowa wins this game. I, I mean, it's going to be a – I wouldn't bet it. I wouldn't bet it because I don't want to follow this game. I don't want this game to exist. It's so flipping boring. But, yeah, yeah I, I, I'm i going to go Iowa covers in this game. Yeah. Here's my, I, bold, here's my, here's my bold prediction for this game. Iowa will quit. Will forget to quit waving at the at the uh, kids, and then Rutgers will score a touchdown while they're not paying attention. I can see that happening. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I like Iowa in this game. Iowa, what they do is they uh, they find ways to win. It will be an ugly game. It will be off of maybe a special teams disaster in the fourth quarter or a defensive thing, but. In the end, Iowa will escape with the win, just because that's what Iowa does. Our final game is in the Big Ten, and that is Northwestern at Wisconsin. Wisconsin's 10.5-point favorites here. Derek? To me, this was the easiest game to pick. It really was. Yeah, I I cannot see the way Wisconsin's been playing that they're covering 10.5 in this game. They may win the game. It's very, very, very possible, but I don't see them winning by more than ten. Okay, Northwestern for you. This was the toughest game for me to pick all weekend. Um, I think similar. I think similar to Nebraska, uh, uh, Wisconsin just came off a pretty bad loss against Indiana. Again, Indiana has been fighting tough, kind of similar to Michigan State. And I think they're going to come out just like Nebraska, completely fired up, really motivated after that loss. I think Wisconsin does cover, uh, but I wouldn't bet it. Hey, I'm with Derek here. I wouldn't say this is the easiest bet, but I like Northwestern in this spot completely. I mean, they've been playing some pretty darn good ball here the last four games. Well, maybe not against Nebraska, but... Uh, that went against Maryland. They could have had that game in the bag against Iowa. Iowa pulls it out like Houdini, like they always do. But, uh, yeah, Northwestern, give me 10.5 points. I love it. I love it a lot. Wisconsin, oh, my goodness. Losing to Indiana is a terrible loss. They had to battle back against Illinois. Uh, they shit the bed against Iowa. I mean, they escaped from Ruggers. This is not the Wisconsin team that we've come to know. I mean, this is not a great Wisconsin team with the quarterback issues that they've had. I mean, 
It's it's for the uh, when I say quarterback issues, the injury to Tanner Mordecai, my guy Tanner Mordecai. It's it, they're in a rough situation here. So, uh, Northwestern. Uh, all right, we finished this under an hour. I'm actually shocked, guys. Any uh, final thoughts before we uh, head on out? That looks like a big no. Nobody can hear you guys shaking your heads. So, uh, hey, special thanks to our producer, Connor Russell, for putting this audio together for us. Be sure to follow the Husker Cuscast on Twitter, at Husker Cuscast. Like us on Facebook. Look for episodes anywhere you get your podcasts. Hit that subscribe button, and don't forget to rate and review. On behalf of Derek and Tyler, we, we want to thank everybody for listening. And as always, go Big Red.